Hey, this is Ronnie Altit, CEO and founder of Incentra. This is the podcast version of our show, The Download. The video version has more bonus material in it, so go and check out the videos at incentragroup.com where you'll find this episode and many more. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the Incentra Download with your host, Ronnie Altit. This is not your average IT podcast. It dares to be different. Find out what's happening from the best in the industry. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Ronnie Altit and welcome to The Download, our first episode for 2018. And today with me in The Download is Matt Kaplan. Matt, welcome to The Download. Thank you very much. And welcome to Incentra. Thank you. So not even day one on the job yet. You're still coming in to say hello and get a feel and lay of the land. So, so tell us, Matt, tell us a little bit about the background of Matt. All right, great. Well, thanks very much for having me. Um, from South Africa, uh, been in Australia for five days only now. Um, starting officially at the end of January uh, within Centra and very much looking forward to it. Uh, I've been in uh, professional services and managed services businesses and uh, internet service providers for 12 to 15 years. Uh, managed big teams, teams that have dealt with uh, installations, support, professional services, managed services. And yeah, thoroughly looking forward to getting involved with the team. And, and tell us about the role that you're going to fulfill here at Incentra. So I'm heading up the managed services team um, within Incentra. Um, the team is um, 10 strong, I, I believe. I haven't got to meet all the, all, all the team yet. That's happening in the end of next week. And um, yeah, looking forward to working with the team, getting in front of the clients as soon as possible, understanding their business outcomes, their needs, their plans for 2018 and trying to then to marry what we can do from a competency point of view and deliver against Incentra's uh, promise. You know, that's great. And look, I think our partners are going to be very excited to have somebody, you know, in our team that's full-time focused on helping them build their managed services business as well, which is wonderful. So you chose Australia out mm. of South Africa, and I know a lot of people leave South Africa, but w what made you choose Australia? What made you choose Sydney? I've uh, been here before. Uh, came for about a month, many years ago. Um, actually, at that time, was about to emigrate. Went back to the UK, lived in the UK for four or five years. Uh, went back to South Africa for about 10 days before coming here and uh, made the fatal error, error of playing a lot of golf, having a lot of barbecues, spending some time with the family and ended up staying. That was about 15 to 20 years ago. Uh, but recently I've come from a few family holidays and yeah, just love it. Very similar to home, uh, outdoors, sunny, sporty, friendly people. Uh, we've got two young kids, mm -hmm. um, good opportunities for them to, to come to this country now. And yeah, s start a life together. So yeah, well, very I think much excited. Obviously a much safer place for you to be raising children as well, right? Yeah, much safer. We have a beautiful country, but it has a lot of challenges back home. Um, and I think from an opportunity point of view, my wife and I think it's the best place for, for our young kids to uh, start school. Our little boy will start kindy now in January and our little girl will go to daycare for a few years. So it's a good time for them to assimilate into the environment and uh, yeah, grow up Australian. Uh, excellent. So I think, you know, you look at that and I would say you've, you, you're coming to the country for all of the right reasons, which mm. is wonderful. And, you know, having come from a very large integrator in, in South Africa, um, one of the largest telecommunications providers there too, um, tell us, you, you, in, in terms of moving to Australia when you started looking for your job, what made you select Incentra versus, you know, any of the other opportunities of which I know you had mm. many? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I um, <laughs> not to be coy, but I, I fell in love with the Incentra values and uh, and mission and vision. Um, well, that's good because I love them too. Good. Well, you <laughs> probably came up with them, so that's good. Um, so the hit aces uh, it resonates a lot with me. Um, I'm very strong and, and passionate about uh, integrity, honesty, accountability, ownership. I take that very seriously in, in the work that I do and the work that my teams do and the service that we provide clients. And above all, client centricity and client focus is, is of utmost importance in all the work that we do. So in discussions with you and uh, uh, the rest of your executive team and um, the rest of your team in the interview process, that really landed with me, uh, a company that's uh, true to its values, uh, partner obsessed, uh, and it's not just written on boards and, uh, and marketing material, it looks like it's pumping through the veins of the people that are here, and that's very exciting for me. That's excellent. Well, we all bleed, bleed orange blood here, if you haven't sort of worked out that orange is prolific. Um, yep. And you're right, it is, it is truly part of who we are. So Matt, having been an integrator, and having experienced you know, all the challenges that all of our partners yeah. experience, and now you know that about Incentra, and now you know that we exist, and you know that we've got a, you know, a series of offerings, how would you have leveraged us in your previous role? Yeah, having an, and knowing the availability of an Incentra, um, definitely it would answer a lot of the challenges that, uh, that, we, that we were faced. Things like um, staff shortages, staff attrition, not having the right skills on board at that time. I'm preparing for future governance and regulations that were coming down, things like ITIL standards and having those disciplines built within your own environment. Um, you can leverage off a partner like Incentra, mm -hmm. who's got that skills and got that uh, development in-house um, and got that knowledge. Um, I think f f from being, um, being able to um, tap into that, um, it, would, it would definitely s service the market from a... Um, a cutting edge and a bleeding edge point of view from being mm -hmm. on the front of technology, having to know, well, I don't have to invest in that right now. Um, it might be too expensive. It might be a different, uh, a different technology that's uh, not on my uh, back-end environment. So if we can come with a myriad of services and a myriad of service offerings, competencies in those, skills, certifications, um, governance and standards, like things like ITIL and ETOM and all those good things, I think that's a, a definite service offering that our partners will be um, happy to leverage off. Right. So, so so in your previous life, did you run into scenarios where you'd have a bid that you needed to do and you could do 85% of it, but the 15% was going to be a real struggle? Did that sort of happen for you guys? Yeah, we would leverage off other, uh, other providers to do maybe the land component or uh, a licensing component or uh, possibly um, an out-of-country component because this is a, a multinational discipline. Mm -hmm. So where we, where we had that, we leveraged off a key group of partners and, um, and collaborated well with them mm -hmm. and then formed that partner uh, network, which is uh, very powerful when you get it right. Yeah, it, it certainly can be. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's something that we see with our, with our partners when they're trying to bring us into managed services is leveraging us to, to plug that gap that mm -hmm. they can't do. Mm -hmm. And often we find that partners don't even want to invest in that space, which is what you were saying mm. as well, right? They just don't want to put their money where their mouth is right now because it's a high cost of investment to get involved and to, you know, you don't just wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to be a managed services provider and I'm going to do it in these six technologies. You know, you, it, it requires a whole stack of investment and, and time and effort and people, et cetera. So that's where we're finding that our partners are leveraging us the most is, you know, when they just don't have that capability, but recognize that if they do partner with us, then they'll do so non without the risk that we're going to take the rest of the account. And more importantly, then we plug the gap and stop other people from potentially who could do the whole lot doing it. Agreed. And I, and I think it gives uh, Incentra the flexibility and the agility to focus on a niche product or service and then uh, build a competency in that at our expense and at our investment mm -hmm. and then allow our partners to leverage off that 
from a scale perspective. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's probably, mm. that is absolutely right. So you've got a very interesting background in terms of career. So what, what's your leadership style like? How would you define your leadership style? Um, I think it's engaging. I think it's collaborative. Um, uh, I certainly love to get stuck in on the ground and, uh, and understand uh, what the clients are experiencing and what their pain points are. Uh, I'm very much uh, focused on growth and development of our team and, and people that work within uh, in, in my particular crew environment. Um, very focused on attracting the right people into the team, um, developing them when they're here mm -hmm. through certifications, personal development, etc. Retaining them clearly and then rewarding them. So it's a it's a kind of a four four pronged attack when uh, w when managing people. Um, open to. Um, uh, clearly sharing and working with other teams and working alongside other teams and, and providing good, good collaboration as a team going forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so tell me, what would you consider the, the, you know, the biggest success of your career to date? Hmm. I think the biggest success would probably be a, um, a, an environment which I set up in, in South Africa uh, some time ago. It was in a, a, a previously disadvantaged community that had never had access to the internet before. Um, and uh, we collaborated and, and, and kicked off a project where we provided internet access to the whole community through tablets and wireless uh, hotspots and, and, and connectivity. And uh, we really raised the standard from an education perspective within uh, maths and literacy through the technology we provided. So although I'm an IT guy and I've been in IT for 20 odd years, um, and I've been in the service provider game and security game and managed services and professional services, I see the business outcome at the end is what excites me. I see how our clients and how their clients and how the ultimate end user, it might be government, it might be community, it might be a business user, ultimately use that technology. And that's what excites me, that's what encourages me, and that's what I get highly passionate about. So that sounds like it was a really interesting project, you know, and particularly when you're starting to work with underprivileged people, mm -hmm. you, you tend to get, and one tends to get a, a you know, deeper sense of satisfaction out of it. And, and, and that sounds like a great project. So Matt, in, in the world of, you know, the new world of the cloud, um, and there's hybrid cloud and there's you know, public cloud, private cloud, all of those things. But in that new world, things are different. You know, organizations aren't just buying infrastructure, building, chucking it in and, and managing it. It's a whole different world now. What do you think the future of the managed services provider is in that new sort of construct? Yeah, so those things aren't going to go away. The inf infrastructure as a service, uh, platform as a service, those are there. I think the, the challenge from uh, having the relevant skill set to deliver against those and the um, up-to-date skill set from a certification perspective and having the guys that are, are, are skilled and, and certified to deliver against that is definitely a requirement um, and, and a concern to remain relevant. Um, I think from a hybrid cloud journey perspective, at every step of that way, um, partners need to understand what they can put in the cloud and which workloads they can put in the cloud and wh where they can guide their clients on, on that particular journey. Um, I think if I was to think about um, the, the service wrapping around that and the service layers around that, I'd be very concerned about things like security, governance, standards. I'd be very concerned about things like uh, application development and how agile from a change management perspective. And I think we could add a lot of value in that space. So Matt, we've, we've now got, you know, our partners are working with end user customers who are all moving to the cloud in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Some of those partners are managed services providers, some of them are core integrators with managed services, etc. But if you're a managed services partner today and you're delivering services, what are the top three things that you would be concerned about and that you would be focusing on immediately to ensure that you remain relevant to your clients? Yeah. So number one would be, do I have the right skills in-house? Do I need to invest in those skills or can I leverage on, on someone else to have them? Mm -hmm. Number two would be, 
Do I have the right partner relationships and vendor relationships uh, and licensee relationships? Am I strong enough there? So when and I pick why up the is phone, that relevant? It's relevant when, um, when I need to pick up the phone and, and, and have a, a conversation with someone about a problem or I need uh, some guidance or advice or some uh, consultancy. Do I have the strong relationship with them? Mm -hmm. And will they take the call or am, am I just a number in the queue? Mm -hmm. That's important for me. And then thirdly, am I thinking beyond 2018 and beyond 2019 where uh, big things like uh, uh, data analytics is coming, cryptocurrencies, uh, items like that. Am I thinking along those ideas of innovation? Um, those, are, those are things that I, I would be focusing on. So on that last one, mm. are you sort of suggesting that, that the MSP of the future needs to be considering how to build services around cryptocurrency? Yeah, I, I don't think why, why we shouldn't be doing that, most definitely. I think we should be definitely looking at env environments like that. Uh, but environments where it's difficult to choose a stable uh, cryptocurrency right now, mm. there's many that are popping up and there's some that are going down. And, and I think it's a market that's being watched uh, from the side with uh, a bit of trepidation to invest up front. Mm -hmm. So are, are we uh, agile, are we flexible, are we wanting to invest in that? Yes, we are, and I think um, that would be a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so as a, as a managed services provider, that's great, but that's, that's real distant stuff as mm. far as my view mm -hmm. is that, you know, to your point, cryptocurrencies up and down, mm. I just picked on that one example mm -hmm. that you chose. Um, what about security in the cloud mm. and securing in a hybrid world? Well, you know, if you're an MSP, are you thinking about that? Are you yeah, I think you have to be thinking about that. You, you have to be uh, remaining relevant. There's so many different security technologies. So do you choose one? Do you choose a few? Uh, do you leverage off a partner that has skills across a number of them? Or do you focus on one particular one? Um, I think from a virtualization perspective, the tin has gone now. So you don't have to put a device in anymore to secure. You can get a, a virtualization application that will re represent a firewall. So those technologies you have to remain close to and relevant and mm -hmm. see who are the market leaders. Um, so definitely security is one of the huge focus areas. So as we sort of start to think about the future and the future state, what, what do you see as the biggest issues that managed services providers are facing? So the future being tomorrow or in the next minute or two uh, is right here. It's not something in a long distance. So I think we must keep the focus that the future is something that is not something far and distant, but something really relevant right now that we mm -hmm. must be working on. Are we hiring for the future? Are we hiring skills that possibly aren't relevant right now, but are going to pop up in six months or a year and add immediate value at that stage mm -hmm. and not have to hit the ground and take two to three months to get to add a bit of value? So I think some of the challenges and obstacles that they're facing right now are those things of remaining relevant, of, of deciding which technologies to focus on, which partners and which uh, vendors to get close to, um, which are relevant, which are not. Are there pop-ups that are, are, are staying for a while and then disappearing, or are the, the longer ones like an IBM and HP, uh, HP mm -hmm. are, the, are those the ones that you want to entrench yourselves into? That would be a big obstacle, I think, right now. Yeah, and, and I think you raise a valid point in terms of the future is actually now. You know, and it's happening so very quickly. Um, and, and, and managed services providers, and, and, and we have been guilty of the same here at Incentra, you spend a lot of time chasing the future, but you're not doing it until the future's almost at your doorstep. So you don't create a managed service for a service that nobody's buying yet but you need to create that managed service in advance of them buying it, which is what you're saying, is 100%. that right? 100%, and, and in order to do that, you have to remain close to your partners. Mm. And I think that we need to understand our partners 
business outcomes and their business strategies and their uh, deliverables for 2018, 2019, 2020 and beyond, and together then go along this journey of delivering packaged relevant services to them that's going to add value onto their clients. That's critical to us. Yeah. So I, whenever I'm doing these download discussions with people, Matt, and I, okay. sort of, I know you've watched a few of them, mm. I always try to throw a curly question at the end. So I'm going to actually throw you two. Okay, go and for the it. reason I'm going to throw you two is because of where you've come from. Right? Yeah. So I'd like to know your most amazing game reserve experience as okay. the first thing, good, and then I'll hit you with the second one later. Um, my most amazing game reserve experience would be um, um, in, in some of the, the lodges back home, you, you have some cameras that are on those uh, water holes at night, and um, you can um, tune your television in your hotel room to the water hole, uh, and uh, they call them hides, you go underground into the hide, and when you see an animal come to the hide, you, uh, you uh, can look at it on the television, or you can quick make haste and run to the hide and, and, and watch the animal. So recently I uh, was with my family, um, we were watching at 10, 11 at night and noticed um, a, a rhino come to the, to, to the hide water. So uh, at uh, literally 11 at night, all in our pyjamas, we ran through the hotel underneath the, um, into the hide and were joined by like six or seven other families. It was, was a crazy experience, just running through the hotel, all in your PJs uh, to see an animal. <laughs> Opened the door, got there, and the thing had left. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> That's great. That's not good. Yeah, wasn't That's good not good. I mean, yeah, it's a kind of a... Makes me think, you know, in South Africa, you just don't want to be running around any hotel in your pyjamas, I suspect. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and then you didn't even get the whole outcome. Exactly. All right, so that was the first thing. And the second one, tell us your favourite joke. Favourite joke? Um, how do you call a deaf cat? Sorry? How do you call a deaf cat? How? Yeah, pussy, pussy! <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, good. Very good. Matt Kaplan, it's been a pleasure to have you here in the download. Thanks so much, Ronnie. And we're Ronnie. excited to have you join us in the company. Thank you very excited much. Excited for you to go very and meet some of our Very much looking forward to working with everyone. Yeah, it'll be great to have you here, Matt. Thank you. Welcome to Australia. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Incentra download. If you loved it, please leave us a five-star review in iTunes so we can get more epic leaders on the show. Dare to be different.